Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Subscribe at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. As a subscriber, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. Sound good to you? Go to TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. That's TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Watch Texas Football Today live every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch, and get involved in the conversation using the hashtag TFToday. Yes. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. I'm not doing that intro. Uh, what's <laughs> up? Uh, <laughs> from the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it's Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. I'm your guest host. Ishmael Johnson, yeah, the managing editor of Texas Basketball Magazine and the assistant managing editor of Texas Football Magazine and TexasFootball.com. By the way, a magazine we just sent off to press yeah. Friday for we a show back. Punted it into the sun. And Tepper ran off to vacation. So. <laughs> just kidding. If you pay attention to the pre-show, you know where he is. So uh, whether you're watching live at TexasFootball.com, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, or listening to us on the podcast vendor of your choice, thank you for doing your part to support your local temporarily improved yeah. <laughs> I am sitting here, sitting over there at the helm. She is the Duchess of the Dorks, a tyrant with no remorse, oh, and somebody man. who could not, cannot wait to get me off the air. It's Ashley Pickle. Hello, Ashley. This is all, this is going well. Like, one, is you're it? right, it is slightly improved, and then two, you're right, get out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, like I said, Tepper decided that after we were all done with that, he's done with us. So he yeah. decided to take a little break for a week. So he'll be back next week. And we'll have a bunch of stuff to, to reveal next week, too. So. We do. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good tease. The, uh, the cover reveal for Dave Campbell's Texas Football. We just sent the magazine to press last Friday. Um, and the cover reel, the grand one, will be six, uh, June 6th, so next Monday. Yes. So yeah, big big week next week. Yep, today is May thirty first, hundred seventy seven days until Thanksgiving. And if I was Tepper, I'd mention that this was Clint Eastwood's birthday, hey. <laughs> but I'm not, so I'm not going to do that. Uh, I'm instead I'm going to give a heavenly shout out to rapper and Oak Cliff's own Mo three, rest in peace. Uh, passed away in twenty twenty. He would have been thirty years old today. Uh, also, very nice because I'm a man of versatility. Happy birthday to Philippa Sue of Broadway and more famously uh, Hamilton. Uh, oh, you know, probably the okay. only person that watches musicals so in this office so that's a shout out for me <laughs> and me alone so happy that's birthday true. to philippa sue as well so uh let's see on today's show i'm trying to think what do we got we got math tuesday math tuesday math tuesday which is just breaking down numbers and making up stuff to argue about mm-hmm. uh i'm gonna give my rankings or rankings I grading, grading. Kinda, yeah it's kind of ranking. It's kind of a mismatch we're gonna we're be, looking at like the a plus of <laughs> Texas FBF's teams, basically. <laughs> basically. So, uh, we're going to be looking at every position group in the state, and I'll be giving my opinion. This is not a hint on what's in the magazine. This is not a hint on Craven's mm-hmm. opinion. This is my opinion on the best college for each position group uh, in the state. We're going We're going to be ra- grading them like we do in the magazine, quarterback, you know, defensive line, special teams, all that stuff. But these aren't if you look, if you take, if you clip this and something comes out in the magazine that's different, that's because it's my opinion versus, you know, uh, <laughs> Craven's uh, opinion slash consensus opinion in the magazine. So do not come at me with that. We also have uh, Brad LaPlante uh, yeah. as an interview in the second half of the show as well. So. Yeah. Um, formerly Hutto's head coach, now moved AD 
which we will discuss with him on his timing of his announcement. Woo. Yeah, we uh. will. Uh, yeah, we will talk about that <laughs> a lot with him. Now, I be, uh, when Step sent that in the Slack, I literally was like, "Too late, don't care, don't care." Like, I just, like, <laughs> cannot, I, cannot like, care. I, I was annoyed for like five seconds, and I was like, "You know what? We hit press. It's fine. <laughs> I, I don't care anymore." It's there. So. It's out of our hands. Yeah. So, uh, pickle. Do we have first four through the door? We sure do. It was Nick Morton, Rob Hadaway, Just Chad, and Aaron Arbuckle. Welcome in, fellas. Also want to give a special birthday shout out to one of our very loyal viewers in Tony Blaylock. Happy yeah. birthday, Mr. Blaylock. Yes, sir. He's probably going to be at some weird seven on seven thing that he's going to be grinding, probably hitting up 12 this week. Yeah. Just knowing him. Yeah. He makes his own maps too. Oh man. So he's out there grinding. You're one of a kind, man. You're one of a kind, Tony. Happy birthday, <laughs> Tony. We'll see you at uh, college station for state seven on seven. Hopefully. Yeah, so. absolutely. Uh, so you want to get, do we, should we get into the. Yeah. Math Tuesday. Yeah. All righty, let me see. I have a read here for that. Oh, look at this. This is so official. Uh, Matt Tuesday, we grade all groups uh, and take a look at which team possesses the best of the eight different position groups out of the 12 FBS programs. Then in the back half of the show, yeah, there, well, anyway, I already talked about Brad LaPlante and all that stuff. So. Yeah. All right, Pickle, let's get into them. Math Tuesday. All right. So like Ish said, we'll kind of cursor precursor this with we took the eight categories that we have in the magazine each year. So four on offense, four on defense and special teams, if you would consider that defense. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's going to go through and this is Ish's opinion on which Texas FBS team ranks highest in those specific groups. Yes. So let's start off with quarterbacks. Um, I went with SMU. OK. And to me, it was down to two teams it was SMU or Houston uh because there is yeah. so much uncertainty because Clayton Toon will never graduate ever Clayton Toon will never graduate <laughs> so he'll play he'll he'll you know he's, he's on the Austinani route of playing till he's 37 um but Tanner Mordecai in terms of ceiling I think Tanner Mordecai is the guy okay and I think as far as returning quarterbacks go and again this is for the upcoming season heading in right right it could be November where Quinn Ewers lives up to all the hype mm-hmm. you know they have him and Hudson card so their their quarterback room has depth things like that um, Malik Murphy of course is a true freshman so it could be like November we're like man Texas is the best quarterback in the state right. but heading into 2022 I think it's Tanner Mordecai I think the ups and downs with Clayton Toon have kind of put him as, as a second for me in my yeah. opinion um, last year we saw the good, right? Mm-hmm. When he has a Nathaniel Dell, when he has weapons around him, a good running back. Of course, Alden McCaskill is going to be going to miss this year, but mm-hmm. you saw what happens when he has weapons around him. But I think Tanner Mordecai, the fact that he came into that SMU room and they did not miss a beat. We nope. thought we. I was worried that they lose Shambichel. Okay, there goes their production, or at mm-hmm. least you know their their production is going to take a significant hit. And they really didn't. Like he. He had some games where he struggled, but for the most part, he was somebody who kept that vertical offense going forward. I think it says a lot that Rhett Lashley was like, no, that's that's perfectly fine. Like, I'm okay taking him. And then if you want to talk about depth, I still think Preston Stone's next in line. Everything, yeah. everything indicates that they still love him as the guy to take over eventually for Tanner Mordecai. That makes perfect sense. And, too, I mean, this uh, we're solely talking about quarterbacks, but if we want to branch off just a hair, if you sure. look at the transfer wide receivers that Mordecai has, mm-hmm. I mean, you want to talk about, like we talked about that with Clayton Toon, we've seen how he responds to having good talent around him. Mordecai responded well with a little bit less amount mm-hmm. of talent than that, but now that looks to be building up considering they have a wide receiver room as deep as the Panama Canal. I mean, yeah. it goes so long. <laughs> yeah, I believe they lose uh, I believe they lose Reggie Robert- Robertson, but they bring in Bo Corrales, um, 
from North Carolina, formerly of Georgetown. I'm forgetting the Rice transfer's name right now, um, but they bring in Rice's best receiver from last year. Oh, yeah. They, of course, bring back Rasheed Rice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think Dylan Goffney is going to have a pretty good year as well. I'm really excited to see what he can do. So, yeah, I agree. There's depth there. Um, I, I think there's I think there's even more names waiting to emerge for them. Um, and then, of course, Demi mentioned there, the running backs that he's going to have his, at his disposal with mm-hmm. Kamar Wheaton and Trey Siggers and, and those guys. So I think we're in for a potentially an even better year yeah. than Tanner Mordecai, which is kind of crazy because he threw for, what, 3,600 yards last year? Oh, yeah, he had an arm. So. Well, and I like that you went with the established route rather than the sure. – because it could have been the Quinn Ewers route and sure. just saying, oh, yeah, well – Duh, we've seen him play, but we haven't seen him play at this level. So I yeah. like the I like the pick on it. It's more it's more or less been over a year and a half since he's taken like you know a he, I know he took snap. I know he took yeah, it's about to, he yeah. took a snap at Ohio State, mm-hmm. but it's been about a year or two. I th- yeah, he taken. took three, I'm pretty sure, and I think he right. handed the ball off every single time. Right, so, yeah, so if you, you call that meaningful, if you will, but right. uh, <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I went with SMU. Uh, let's go, okay, let's go on to running backs. Yep. Um, I think this one was pretty easy. Yep. Uh, <laughs> come on now. <laughs> this when I sent you the list of stuff yeah. as the example, I put this because even me, college football dummy, goes, I know that one. <laughs> Bajon Robinson. I mean, this is the guy that was probably before he got hurt, probably up until through October, in my opinion, was the best player in the country potentially. Yeah. Um, he probably would have been invited to New York if he didn't battle injury uh, towards the end of the year. He should be one of the Heisman favorites this year, mm-hmm. uh, heading into the heading into the fall. I don't know what else you can, I don't know what more you can say about this guy other than he's legit. Right. And if you want to talk about depth, I mean, Roshan Johnson, Keelan Robinson, Jaden, Bl- like these guys are going to come at Jonathan Brooks, who didn't play much last year, but he's going to be somebody that they're going to uh, obviously have high expectations for. They have the, they have the guy and they have everybody else who can help fill in when, when Bijan Robinson went out, Roshan Johnson was that guy. Keelan mm-hmm. Robinson were those guys that stepped in and were able to do an effective job. It's hard to replace one-to-one what he gives you because again you're dealing with a potentially a Heisman caliber running back and so obviously your production is going to drop off a little bit but I think depth wise they have I mean Rashad Johnson probably starts for every other other? I was about to say maybe aside from A&M with Devon Chain like probably every other uh, FBS program in the state so I got no issues with that you're not wrong and yeah that it was just it was clear and I still I mean heck say what you will about the reason why Tom Herman got fired Mm -hmm. but I'm pretty sure that right at the moment when they started putting in Bijan Robinson and it was, uh, hi, why, why didn't you do this for the other seven games? Right, like right. that to me was always the defining moment of that game when he just popped up. What was that? Can- the Kansas game maybe or Kansas State? It was, it was yeah. somewhere. It was an away game. And we were like, <laughs> where's he been? Dude, you've had him the whole time and you ain't been using him like right. that. That in and of itself goes, OK, that's the best running back in the state of Texas, if not possibly in the nation. Yes, uh, I remember it was the uh, for last year for me. It was the TCU game, of course, yes. where it was him and Zach Evans just kind of going back and forth. Mm-hmm. And it became clear. It's like this kid is different, yes. like legitimately different. Hashtag it's, built different. Hashtag built different. <laughs> so, uh, yes, I think it's very clear that he is the best running back probably in the country, and uh, that Texas is the best backfield in the state easily. Uh, What's next on the list? On to offensive line. Offensive line, yes. Okay, so this one, I thought it was going to be harder, Uh uh, but it actually wasn't. Uh, So I thought off the top of my head, I was like, oh, Mm A&M. Like, I was like, oh, okay, of course, that makes sense because I remember them having a good offensive line last year. Right. But – Lose Kenyon Green, mm-hmm. right? I do love Bryce Foster. I think Bryce Foster. The is, mountain. He, I, I genuinely think he <laughs> might be the best offensive lineman in, in the state right now mm-hmm. um, as a true sophomore. And you have guys like Ruben Fathery as well. But there's a lot more to replace, I think, there. I yep. think they will. I think they've recruited that side mm-hmm. of the ball really well. So I think by November, they'll probably be the best. Right. But 
looking now, I think Baylor has – they have the most returners. I think they have the best offensive line coach in the state in uh, uh, Eric Mateos. And I think for right now, it's either Bryce Foster or Connor Galvin is term, in terms of the best offensive lineman in the state right now. And so I think easily left tackle Connor Galvin is. And we saw what Eric Mateus was able to do one year – after Baylor had a horrific offensive line. Mm -hmm. He comes in, works wonders with that team. That offensive line clicks. That makes the running game click. That makes the passing game work better. I think we'll see now that Blake Shapin's taking over at quarterback, I think we'll be able to, be able to really see that uh, uh, their uh, his production up because of this experience offensive line. Mm -hmm. You return, I believe, four or five starters. You only need to replace that left guard slot. Oh, and yeah. so I think this is going to be an offensive line that rolls. And so, yeah, the more I looked into it, I was like, no, this is easily Baylor. No, right. No and it's funny because both of those teams are almost in the same category mm -hmm. of very big question mark at quarterback. Sure, sure. So you know that both of these coaches are going, okay, man, as long as we have this established, like that gives us more leniency on the figuring out, can Haynes King stay healthy? Can we replace Gary Bohannon? Yep. Look at that how you will. But, exactly. you know, finding those things, having the – Having that anchor of the offensive line is definitely something either of those teams would be looking for. But that is funny because, yeah, I would have thought A&M and I saw Baylor and then I looked at it and I did the same thing. I was like, he makes a good point here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was really struck. Again, like first time I looked at that, I think I had A&M down and I was like, mm, eh, never mind. Well, I feel like with Baylor, we focused so much on their like the defensive front seven sure, sure. for yeah. the past couple of years. And it's like a lot of that talent has left, but the offensive line talent is veteran at yep. least. Yep, exactly. So, uh, yeah, we will. That, that was the offensive line. And I think that'll do a lot for Baylor. Can I show you who is calling me real fast? Oh, geez. Oh, God. Who? Greg Tepper. Yeah, but, oh, you just have his mug right there. <laughs> well, he has the thing on iPhone where he know, sends the thing. Yeah. Look at go, the clock, go, dude. Go, go on, go on vacation. Stay on vacation. <laughs> he fine. just said, "Call me after the show." Sorry. God. Yeah, I wonder. Anyway. Huh. <laughs> All right. Like okay. Anyway. Like anything at noon around here, anyway. <laughs> uh, so anyway, what's up next? Is it receivers? Receivers and tight ends. So this one was another tough one. Yeah. Um, I went with Texas. I like it because. Or it was similar to the last one where I had SMU down. Yeah. I immediately was like, okay, I just mentioned some of the guys they were bringing in. I mentioned Bo Corrales. I mentioned bringing back Rasheed Rice. Uh, Jake Bailey, by the way, is the uh, uh, Rice receiver that I mentioned uh, that they got to transfer. But I started to look at Texas's additions in the offseason. And I was like, okay, obviously they bring back Xavier Worthy, who's mm -hmm. probably the best, at least one, one or two, one of the two best receivers in the state. And then I look at Isaiah Nair from Wyoming. I look at a Jai Hall from Alabama, like a Jordan yeah. Whittington, who'd probably be asked to be a third, fourth guy now, as mm -hmm. opposed to a second. Um, and then you look at Jaleel Billingsley from Alabama, tight end they bring in. You look at a freshman like Brennan Thompson, who can maybe come in and be a guy for yeah. them. Um, and the thing I like about somebody like a Brennan Thompson is he's not going to be asked to come in and be a number one, number two, or number three. Mm -hmm. It's going to be four or five gadget play, you know, things like that. Um, and yeah, I mentioned, uh, I think the thing that put me over was Billingsley at tight end because you have a reliable tight end from a university, from Alabama, who knows tight ends. Which is something Texas hasn't had in how long? I, I, I cannot remember. So yes, <laughs> exactly. cannot remember a time. Exactly. And so I think he put me, he made Texas go over for me. And then also the possibility of somebody like a Jatavian Sanders, right? Being yep. a secondary tight end, right? Mm -hmm. uh, uh, somebody who... Uh, you know, he's learning the position still, so like there's no guarantee, but I still think if there's something there, 
Mm-hmm. You know, you're not going to be putting too much. Is that going to be his primary position? Do you know? I believe so. I believe more so? or less. I think I want to say they have him listed as a tight end because a lot of people are asking why he's not playing defensive end like sure. he did in high school, and it's like uh, I think he could be a weapon on the offensive side. Oh, of I think the ball he could too. Them. But I also think that I feel like talking to recruiting guys, there was something similar about when they recruited him. I think a lot more people thought when they were grading him, I should say, and rating him as a prospect at mm-hmm. the camp circuits. I think a lot of people. Thought that they were that he would be a defensive end, yeah. And so I think that a lot of his grade and a lot of his upside, you know, because again, he's he's a five star athlete. One of the I think one, I want to say we had him as the best in Texas, or at least mm-hmm. like top three or something. Uh, great. I mean, he in was Texas. on the cover. Right, I was about to say cover of rising. <laughs> and so, but also that kind of well, means well, something well, around to, these parts. To, to your point, he was. What was he on the cover as? Uh, defensive end. He was in the yep. edge rush position. So I think. I wonder if the staff. So it's our fault. <laughs> I wonder if the staff is just not seeing what they wanted to see, or maybe Out they like the idea of him as a tight because he's mm-hmm. so athletic, right? He played yeah. wide receiver, Denton Guy. Um, oh yeah, he had the catch. Ryan, the, like two of the catches heard around the world last yeah, exactly. year with the, like the one-handed. Yeah. So I think that. So I think he's just learning the position now because again, even playing wide receiver and bullying your way is different than playing tight end and going against linebackers of the same size as you. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm not too worried yet, but I think that there was some like. Overrating is the wrong word, but uh, misappropriated ratings as opposed to like gr- they weren't grading him as a tight end, if I should say. Okay. Like, I don't think he would have been a five star tight, tight end. end right. Imagine yeah. him going to there. So, uh, but yeah, so I think wide receiver to me, Texas, um, you have the guy, you have the star guy, mm-hmm. and then now you've added depth. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the biggest. Uh, and a lot of that depth is experience depth. Yes. Isaiah Nair is going to be a stud for them. Like yeah. out of Wyoming, he, again, uh, a lot of people at Texas were just insanely impressed that they got him. Somebody like in a Jai Hall who couldn't break through at Alabama, but okay, it's Alabama. Like there's going to be like, you're you're going against three or four. <laughs> there's uh, no guys. shortage of talent. <laughs> right, exactly. So like if you want to be a number three, four guy at Texas, okay, that's fine. Uh, Jordan Whittington, who again, he's battled injury, but like he's shown something. Mm-hmm. And if you're not expect, if you're not having him, you know, have to be a number two guy, like I'm okay with him being a three, four slot receiver type. So um, I think they've added a lot of depth and I think they've, I think they, that pushed them over for me. Up next, defensive line. Defensive line. This one was not hard. Uh, yeah. This one was Baylor. Um, <laughs> it's think, been, it's been this way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, this is, I think they have the best defensive lineman in the state and Siaki uh, Ika. They bring in Jackson Player from Tulsa, who is a two-time All-AAC, um, I believe first-team AAC player. Uh, they bring in Gabe Hall, who started eight games for them. They have TJ Franklin as well. I, I think this is going to be where Baylor's defense is going to be made, and I think that's where Dave Aranda wants it, honestly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, well, and that, you go back to – you've seen the Baylor teams that Dave Aranda's been head over, but you also go back to his time at LSU, and what did he always have? A very good defensive line. It's his calling card. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I think I don't know. This one was not. I, I thought that's an easy. <laughs> yeah, I, I was trying to like just for the sake of like argument. I was like looking up Houston's returning uh-huh. and looking up some other guys, and I was like, "What am I doing? Yeah, no. <laughs> Why am I doing I'm this?" Talking my, well, actually, because I forgot Jackson Player. They got Jackson Player, so oh, I was like, okay. it wasn't as unanimous. So I was uh-huh. like, oh, it's probably Baylor." So I'm gonna look it up, and then I, so I was like, oh, nobody's really sticking out." And then I saw Jack. I was like, "Oh, I forgot they yeah. got Player." Uh-huh. So it's fine. <laughs> so yeah, he's. Uh, I want to say he's from Texas too. I'm not totally certain about that, but uh, yeah, no, it was clearly Jack. It was clearly Baylor for me, as far as that's concerned. Well, let's completely flip the script here. Um, linebackers. Okay, <laughs> so linebackers. Uh, I think I would go with Baylor. Right. Because, it has been the past couple years. Yes, but... <laughs> they got Dylan Doyle, and I believe they also have Josh White coming in from LSU to give them a boost. Okay. So I think I would go Baylor, but. 
it's not as unanimous as it's been in the past. Mm-hmm. I like Edrin Cooper at AM. I think he's going to lead an impressive unit. And if there's one unit that North Texas has that's pretty damn good, cool. it's linebacker. How about that? Katie Davis, I believe uh, one of their other star- uh, starters is returning as well. So, like, mm-hmm. and the other thing about linebackers is, like, you know, so many people run a 4 2 5, yep. or, or probably at most play. I guess some 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 play odd front so they could have four linebackers, but a lot of teams are going to the two linebacker set where mm-hmm. it's mostly you know they add a nickel corner or something on there. Um, so yeah, I, I I can't say unanimously. Yeah, because I want to be able to say like I think all these teams kind of have something, and also like why not? I'll throw a, I'll throw a bone at North Texas. Like Katie Davis is great. Like I, I think he was that entire defense. Cool. Year, so. Keep this going. I got two. This is the best that you've been on a mic. All right, anyway, um, <laughs> let's make it Baylor. I'm just going to go Baylor just, to, just to completely. <laughs> you know what? Actually, redo the graphic. Yeah, Throw that out of no, there. A, no, I, I do. I like I like the versatility in all of that, and I think yeah. that that is something that the state of Texas could kind of hang their hat on. Is sure. we There's a lot of really good linebacker talent from the high school perspective in mm-hmm. the state of Texas, and I think that that really – proves because we talk about now a lot in the high school ranks about how offense has completely taken over the game of Texas high school football and all that but there are still those hidden gems and I think it's at the linebacker position that you really find that and that kind of shows in the Texas college ranks as well oh yeah 100% I didn't even mention Breon Hayward from UTEP who's probably their best linebacker Mm -hmm. returning Um, so yeah I think that that's one position I believe is from Corsicana as well. So there goes your, you know, there goes more to your yeah. point about the about the hidden gems being recruited. Hype it up. There you go. Uh, <laughs> actually, oops, sorry. He is from Cy Ridge, still Texas. Um, yeah. So there you go. It still works. Uh, but you get what I'm saying. Like it, it, it's open. Yeah, it's open. So like I again, I'll probably give the nod to Baylor because I think when I was looking things up, I forgot about Josh White coming uh-huh. in. Um, but I don't think it's very clear cut because it's also not like. Josh White was like the most like nailed on right. guy. It was just like, well, yeah, he had guys like, in front of him that he also didn't get as much playing time. Sure, I'm sure. sure. You know? This is mostly, and I think that was mostly a, a guy that Aranda recruited at LSU mm-hmm. coming to Baylor, or seeing if he can kind of rejuvenate his career. Which you know, I wouldn't put it past him. So, what is next? Up next, let's go in the backfield. We've got the defensive backs. Yeah, this one's uh, this one wasn't hard. Nope. Uh, and him <laughs> pretty easily. I think they have the best uh, defensive back in the country, or sorry, in the state coming back in Antonio Johnson. They also have, I believe, Tyrese Chappell and Damani Richardson. Mm-hmm. And so I believe when Craven did his t- – let me see if I can confirm this. Yeah, when Craven did his top 10 defensive backs in the state, they had three of them on the top 10. Yeah. And so I think that says enough. I think that especially when you're rebuilding the front seven like they are, mm-hmm. um, you lose a guy like Michael Clemens, you lose a guy like DeMarvin Leal, you're going to have to – you know, your pass rush isn't going to be that – the no, exact same, you're gonna have right? to ball hawk it a little bit. Exactly, and so until those guys come along, again, they've recruited well. That should be by again by October, by November, they should be set as far mm-hmm. as the front seven con- is concerned. But you know, I'm wondering how the secondary is gonna look when they're gonna be left a little bit on an, on an island. You know, that right. might be a little harsh, but I think that they have the guys to make it work. And I think we're gonna it's gonna be a situation where they're experienced, and I think they're gonna be. Exposed is the wrong word, but definitely put to the test really early. So I think we'll be able to see if they don't come out and give up like, you know, a lot of yards or whatever. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to be a testament to that secondary because, again, that pass rush is going to be a a, a work in progress. Very much so. And that's that's a position that A&M hasn't been in in a while with rebuild, like completely rebuilding a defensive line. So it'll be interesting to see. But I feel like they did pretty well last year on the cutting down on the big the big pass plays. Yeah, no, I think so, too. I think that they I mean, that whole defense, really, I think that's what. 
a lot of AM fans may be frustrated with is that defense was, you know, we, so we, good. We kind of called our shot in the magazine, yeah. right? Yeah. Some, oh, y'all remember that record. cover thing we yeah, did? Like, <laughs> it, it turned out really great, and they they ended up being like legitimately that good. That good, yeah. Um, it was just the the struggle on the offensive side that. Yeah. Whoa. Yep. Yeah. You know, that's just that's just how it is. Um, it do be like that it, sometimes. <laughs> That's my uh, that's my personal therapy. Is it is what it is. is you know? it? <laughs> that's what I always say to myself. So, uh, and it feels that we got it. it. Sometimes it don't be like it is. is and sometimes it, it do. do <laughs> and there you go for our therapy hour. One more though. We've got special teams. Special teams. Another one that uh, I thought I would have to think more about, but I didn't really. Uh, Anum loses Seth Small, who of course was an incredible kicker for them, but. They bring back all-SEC punter Nick Constantino. They bring back Caden Davis, who had, I believe he takes over at kicker. He'll be their kickoff. He was their kickoff specialist last year, so I'm assuming they're just going to slot him back in. And then they have Devonna Chan and Anaya Smith as the returners, and I think that... That speaks for itself. Listen, if you have those guys as your returners, I think you are perfectly Dude, Chan is so fun to watch return he, the ball. Like, he is so fun to watch. It's, it's one of those, like, hold your it's breath It's like a moments. gazelle, you it know? Really like, is. he just, he doesn't run, he glides. Yes, it's very much like a hold your breath moment anytime he touches the ball. And so I think if you, again, losing Seth Small hurts, but I think a special teams have been pretty damn nails the past mm-hmm. couple of years doesn't matter who's they've lost who the, i think uh brayden man at punter they lost a couple of years ago um and he, they've been fine at punter so i'm perfectly okay admitting that maybe if it is caden davis i might have missed a transfer coming in or whatever but if it is caden davis i'm okay with saying oh yeah, yeah they'll, they'll probably be fine so so yeah there you go aggie fans you've got a great defense a great special teams you figure out that hole at quarterback and uh hey, they look. could be they could be operating yeah i was about to say i didn't even mention uh them when the running backs because devonna chan i really yeah. like devonna chan i think he's going to be uh, uh pretty pretty damn good for them so yeah i think it's all goes down to that uh that quarterback position so i think just like last year math tuesday math tuesday there Look at you that. go oh that was fun <laughs> <laughs> i'm cutting that that's, Woo, that that's was... a new twitter <laughs> video right. response oh jesus right. oh that was fun <laughs> all right anybody listening that wonders why i don't go on this show this is exactly <laughs> why because of that person over there uh twisting the knobs hi it me <laughs> yeah anyway did you know that 35% of college athletes quit their sport or transfer schools by the end of their sophomore year? That's because most high school, high school athletes only consider athletics when picking a college. They skip over the important other factors, college major, location, scholarships, long-term goals, or excuse me, and long-term goals. With so much to consider, how do you make sure you're choosing the right school? That's where Athletes to Athletes comes in. Athletes to Athletes is a college counseling program built specifically for student athletes and their families. By the way, this is made by student athletes as well who have experience in this process. They provide a holistic approach to help you find the college program that best fits all of your needs both on and off the field. Go to athletesathletes.com slash DC today to schedule your free info session and see how they can help you find the best college program for you. Again, that is athletesathletes.com slash DC. All right, we're going to head over to the hotline because on the phone... We welcome in former Hutto head coach, now solely athletic director, Coach Brad LaPlante. And, Coach, I believe you're driving to the Softball College World Series right now? I'm hoping to get three at-bats. If they'll just pitch to me and not walk me, we'll be in great shape. (laughs) That's great. Is that something that you usually go to? This is going to be a first time. Uh, I've wanted to go, but uh, my lovely wife, Christy, has always wanted to go 
as well. She was a college softball player, a college softball coach before we moved to the great state of Texas. And uh, we just said we need to get out of town and go do something together. So that's where we're going. That is too awesome. Well, thanks, uh, thanks, Christy, for letting us take your husband's time for a minute here. But, Coach, let's be honest about the real reason I called you. So there was a tweet that had come out at 6.59, I believe, uh, p.m. on May 27th saying that you were switching over to be just the athletic director. I wanted to ask you if you knew what the Dave Campbell's crew was doing at about 3 p.m. that exact same day, sending, uh, sending this magazine thing we do to press i've heard about that magazine very <laughs> fond of it and uh good old uh temp had uh a great text message to me with dude somewhere in there so uh yes uh did did find that out after that <laughs> well too funny well coach uh first off congratulations man on, on switching over to just the athletic director role want to ask you you know that's a that's a big decision it, it's hard coaches texas high school football coaches they're kind of rooted there down on the field and to pull yourself off of that i'm sure there was good reason for it kind of what what are you looking forward to what are you excited about but what made this the right move for you well, I mean, when you step uh, behind the desk and you make the decision to become an athletic director and a head football coach, it's not about you. It's about the kids. It's about your staff. It's about servant leadership there to them. And when you have a growing district like we do, you know, let's take the past two years, COVID, more growth. You know, in my time, we were, I believe in 2014, we got here, we had 1,750 at the ninth through 12th grade level. And now we're, uh, we'll probably hit 2,700 this year. So during that time, we really hadn't added any athletic staff. We now have a separate ninth grade campus that's not on the same land site as our 10th through 12th grade building. So that adds extra time and energy to take care of your staff. We've you know, re- renovated and rebuilt up uh, our awesome Huddle Memorial Stadium. And we want that to be a playoff destination for you know football and soccer and we've had district track there uh, already this year so when you take you know just the growth and, and different changes that a growing district has and the added duty and to be able to serve uh, not only a 6a high school uh, football program but all the other awesome sports that we have uh, and hippo nation uh, the time was right uh, to split it into two um, and serve our community better. And you mentioned this. I mean, you got there in, in 2014, and you've been there ever since. Obviously, the four years as OC and then the, the five years as head coach. What about Hutto, Texas, makes it so special and really makes it feel like home for you and, and for your wife and your kids to be able to stay around there? Well, ever since we got there, you know, the people were always welcoming, and then you learn about the story of the hippo, and you're the, <laughs> the one mascot in the nation uh, that is the hippo, and you know, even though we are growing and uh, getting bigger by the minute, uh, it still has that awesome small town feel and you know, our Midwest values that that we come from. Uh, we have here, and so to have our our sons, who next year are going to be sophomores uh, and juniors, uh, be able to be comfortable and stay at that school. Um, and still be able to, you know, be a part of their activities. And, you know, Christy works in the special ed department, and she's had a couple different uh, roles there, you know, serving teachers, serving kids. You know, it's just a good place to be and a place we want to stay. 
And speaking of a place you want to play, you talked about it a second ago, but that Hutto Memorial Stadium, I mean, the renovations out there, it looks like well, y'all y'all will be good to go and ready to play in it come this upcoming fall? We will. You know, last year uh, playing, I think we had five Thursday night games and only one home game uh, to be able to look at this year's uh, schedule. And I think uh, between the scrimmage and our 10 regular season games, we're home seven out of those 11. Wow. Uh, it's going to be awesome for our community, for our fan base, for our school, and, and certainly our football team. When you take a look back at, at your coaching career, and obviously you had been doing this far before you got um, in here at Hutto, but when you take a look back, is there what what's going to stick out the most to you? Is there is there one special specific moment either that will always you know just replay in your head when you when you think back to your career as a coach on the field? You know, there were probably two games that I'll always remember. 2005, my son Carson, my first son was born on a Wednesday. He had uh, heart surgery on Friday. And so Saturday morning, I made a five-hour trip because this is when I was doing junior college football. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was against a team that we felt very good about. And uh, we continued to have a three-hour marathon, almost four-hour uh, three overtime games. So not only was the week long, that Saturday uh, was long, and then of course the five-hour drive back. So that will will definitely be one I'll remember. And then you know, our first year at uh, Hutto, uh, the first round of the Texas high school football playoffs, 5A, and we play College Station, uh, and we get the ball and drive 97 yards for a game-winning score. Tyler Herrick rolls on in, and just to see our crowd. Uh, and our fan base and our kids and our coaches uh, uh, erupt uh, to win uh, that big first-round game against a good College Station team. I think those two uh, will definitely be big memories. But, you know, you have to understand I'm only 45. I've got a lot of football left in me. For now, this is a good place to be. But, you know, seven, eight, ten years down the road, that itch may come back uh, to go work with a group of kids in a different way again. Absolutely. And, and finally, Coach, one other thing that people might not know about you, um, you're a professional broadcaster around these parts. We, uh, you, It's been told that you called some playoff games for us on Texan Live last year. I got to ask, is, is that going to be able to continue or are you too big time for us now? You know, I just feel I'll never be up to the ranks of the people on the other end of this call. So there's no way I'll be able to match their uh, persona and their abilities and the enthusiasm they bring to it. But usually when people get to their, well, probably 127th, 128th pick on a Friday or Saturday of people they need to fill in, that's when they call me. So I'm sure I'll... Uh, entertain that call and watch some good football if it does uh, come again. Yes, ma'am. Well, you're far too kind. Well, Coach, we'll definitely make sure to give you a call. Congratulations again on um, on your move to athletic director, and we, we look forward to heading out to Hutto Stadium and, and seeing it sometime soon. Y'all have fun at that College World Series. Well, that sounds good. We'll be rooting for a bunch of teams up there. Going to see some good things. We can't wait for you guys to come and see the new digs in Hutto America and cheer on the hippos. All right, Coach, talk to you later. Have a good day. There he goes. The newly solely named athletic director of those Hutto Hippos, as he said, the only hippos in the nation. And you want to talk about a guy who I know takes a ton mm. of pride in that? Mm -hmm. It's Coach Brad LaPlante. Yep, yep, 100%. And how could you not? Have you seen the giant? Oh, it's You're fantastic. from down there. I was yeah, like, yeah, the, the giant hippo. The giant bronzed hippo. Oh, it's fantastic. So, yeah. Uh, that's, that's The story of the hippo is, is always great. Like, no one, I love how, like, no one can really, like, was it real? I don't know, but we're just going to run with it. Why like, not? It's just like, that, we're just 
just going to make the entire town oh, that be our thing. So I respect that so much. I it's it. great. And and too, I wasn't going to ask Coach about this, but Step had put had tweeted out after that that this looks like some foreshadowing to Hutto expending mm-hmm. into another thing. I mean, you taught you heard him talk about the numbers there of how they've grown since he's been there in 2014. I mean, that's substantial amount of growth. So you can see that that's probably a big reason for this and excited for him and interested to see that's a that's a really appealing job mm-hmm. down there in a great area with a brand new football facility a lot of kids i mean yeah yeah i was gonna say like you look at that north that area of north of austin like you look at round rock and 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 uh, pflugerville and it's like well those areas are kind of filling up right mm-hmm. and so like that's why people that's why georgetown expanded for a little bit and now they're starting to go a little bit more east and now mm-hmm. you're starting to get that uh, that huddo area so yeah i think that's going to be a pretty booming area for the next couple of years they got HEBs down there, so you can't complain about that. I miss it. All right. The one thing for final thoughts, we mentioned it earlier, but we will mention it once again. You will want to be by your computer at noon on Monday, Monday the 6th. Next Monday is our cover reveal day. We sent the 63rd edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football to Press this past Friday. Um, it is at the printer, being printed as we speak, and those copies will be going out if you want to Get your copy before they hit nude stands. Go to texasfootball.com slash subscribe. It's our subscription package that will include two magazines a year, three magazines a year. Um, has tons of online content and everything, but we will be doing the cover reveal for the 63rd edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football on Monday-ish. Mm-hmm. Any final thoughts? Thanks for joining Hopefully yeah. it wasn't uh, too miserable to have to sit in here in the cold studio with me for like, I don't know, 36 minutes. Uh, it could have been better, I guess, but it <laughs> could have been worse also. So, you know, yeah, why not? How about how about your perspective? How How is having me on the mic instead? I mean, you that says a lot Tepper. Right there, so that's fine. I guess, that, yeah, it <laughs> it's, says enough it's right there. Right, better cool. than Tepper, but is it great? I don't know. Mm. You did well. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending part of your day with us. Make sure to like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Twitter. It's at DCTF. And of course, see all of our work on texasfootball.com. Thanks again to our guest, Brad LaPlante. For Ishmael Johnson, I'm Ashley Pickle. Vince Young, please come get this Player of the Year trophy. We will see you tomorrow with Greg Powers for Cruton and Chicken tomorrow. Texas Football Today. Bye-bye. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs>